Welcome to the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, aka Possibility Man. Our core values include I am, I can, and I will. Today, we have as a guest, Sharon Eddings. And Sharon, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Okay, great. Well, Sharon, um, so tell me, we've had a conversation before uh, we started this podcast, but I want to hear from you. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Actually, I was born across um, a bridge in Highland Park, Michigan, but we lived in Detroit, so I, I was raised in Detroit. Okay, great, great. Um, so as we understand that, we agreed to talk about teaching children how to code. How yes. did you get involved with uh, writing code? Well, it was, I fell into it by accident, really, um, on a journey. So um, me and my husband had a small business. And when 2008 market crashed, mm -hmm. um, gas prices went up and we had a delivery business, right? We used to deliver um, your pharmaceuticals to CVS and Kroger's, um, those types of um, pharmacies, right? And so gas prices went up and we had a larger van and we just couldn't keep up. And then I found out I was pregnant. And so I couldn't lift all the heavy, you know, um, containers and things like that. And so I, I ended up having my third child, Jackson, Neil, and he was born sickly. And we ended up having uh, water in our basement. And so that produced some mold and that made his um, illness even worse. And so just going through healing him, I knew that he would be healed. I just didn't know when, but I did preparing, and I knew I wanted to be prepared when he was healed so I can get back up and get back to working, right? And so preparation started in the midst of his healing. And so I, I was 35, 36. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was ashamed of that, right? And, um, and so I went to the library and I just started praying like, Lord, I don't know what I wanted to do. And basically what I got from him was I gave you two hands, use them, right? What am I going to do? You know, I didn't know, right? And so I just went to the library and I really, I just got a whole bunch of books for dummies on careers. And that's how bad I felt about myself. And um, I got real estate, taxes, something else, but computer science was at the bottom. So I went through all the books. So I said, oh, real estate. Um... I'm going to need this when I buy my big house, but I don't want to really do it as a career. Got to taxes. Okay, I like this because I'm going to need this for whatever I'm going to be doing. I actually enrolled in H&R Block um, tax course. Mm -hmm. um, I did not pass. And then I was like, oh, this is not it. And then I ended up on computer science and I knew that that was it. And I read that book basically from cover to cover. I was just in love. Yeah. So in a sense, computer science found you. That yes. you weren't really looking for it, but it yeah. found you. Okay, yeah. So did you fall in love with it immediately? Was it something immediately. that- Immediately. Mm -hmm. Immediately. Because I worked in group homes, right? And I'm a Pisces and I think we're nurturers, right? And I'm a mother, I'm a nurturer. And I liked working in group homes. It had a glass ceiling. I can go so far. I didn't, you know, I, I did go to school to um, do my prereqs for nursing, but I realized that working in group homes, I didn't like when people died. 
Right. Um, I grew up in Detroit and we had a lot of loss. Unfortunately, I've lost several brothers to violence and I didn't want to be around death anymore. Right. But I like nurturing. Right. And so what I think I really loved about computer science, um, computer programming is that I can build something. And if I break it, you know what I'm saying? I could either, you know, I like problem solving. So I solving so I can build it again, break it, build it. And that fix that nurturing and building and taking care of something. So it really um, hit that need that I really had. So who was your first teacher in terms of writing code? Um, you YouTube, the, mm-hmm. the books and YouTube, because remember we, it was 2000, around 2008, probably a couple year or two later. Um, it was year or two later and we didn't have the money. And I couldn't afford coding boot camps that they had. Mm-hmm. But at that time, YouTube was littered with people teaching for free. But now you have to pay for it with different platforms and stuff like that. So everything was up to date at that time. And so with books and YouTube, mainly YouTube, because I'm a visual learner, mm-hmm. I really um, just studied day and night. So in many ways, then you are a self-taught. Yeah, I'm a uh, self-taught coder. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So now, um, so, okay, so you, you learn to code, you, you, begin, you taught yourself, what happened next? Did you immediately start a company or did you do something else in between? Well, I, my son was starting to get better. So at this time it was kind of, he'd have some ups and some downs. He was in ICU a couple of times, but I knew it was time. Something said, it's time to jump, it's time to go, it's now. And I'm a very tenacious person. If I see something I want, I I don't mind going after. I would talk it down, right? And so I knew all these things were in me. I couldn't tell you how I knew, but I knew it was something out there for me and I was going to get it because I knew at being 35, 36, 37, it wasn't going to come and jump in my lap, right? I, I had enough of sitting and waiting. And so after about eight months of barely (laughs) teaching myself how to code. And that's just the fundamental basics, right? But I'm a tenacious person. I went to um, Panera because we didn't have internet. And I took my laptop and that's where I would study. And it was quiet too. And I just started to do a resume. And really what happened um, was that I took care of my clients, you know, really well. I, I really take pride in that. And I just had this feeling something was like right about how you took care of your clients. And I'm like, you know, at that time, I'm just confused, a lot going on. I'm like, just be quiet. Whoever you are, just be quiet. Don't nobody want to hear about that. I'm trying to go after technology. What does taking care of my clients have to do with technology? But but remember, I was on a journey because I did pray to the Lord about improving my discernment, right? Mm -hmm. And so something says, shut up, Sharon, just listen and do what what you're being told to do, right? And so I really talked about how I took care of my clients. Um, Lo and behold, two weeks later, I get a call from an automotive software engineering company. And I'm like, they really about to try to, you know, interview, I could possibly get a job, but everything felt like it was falling in place. I don't know how to explain it. I actually started journaling through this process because it was really, really um, entertaining. It was really exciting. It was an adventure, but it was also scary. And my mind sometimes run with things. So I started to journal because when you look back, you can see your footsteps. 
But when you look forward, you can't see anything. So I can, I can, I knew I can look back and see where I came from and I can kind of chart a path. And that's the way I use journaling. And so I went in for the interview and guess what he only really focused on? How I took care of my clients. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but see, I didn't pay attention because I'm so nervous and I'm like on defense and I'm trying to wait for some technology question that I heard about. I didn't even realize that that's what he was focusing on. Uh-huh. And um, he hired me. Wow. That's awesome. And, yeah. And I come in the next day for work. I pull up, I get out and I get to the door and I see this Cadillac pull up and I see it's him. So some, I'm at the door and it's slow motion and the door opens and I'm standing there like, should I hold the door for him? Shouldn't I? Should I? Shouldn't I? And I see him go around to the passenger side, right? And I see him get somebody out of the car. And I realized that this person was sick. And that's when the light bulb went off. That's why that whatever that was, I believe it was the Lord telling me to focus on um, what I did for my client. But the door had hit me right then and there. It was like, bink. And I put two and two together. I'm here for a reason, right. you know, you know, a favor and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I ended up, he did end up asking me to, once the, the contract had um, expired, mm-hmm. he did ask me to take care of his wife, which I did because the spirit told me to because of favor. But this man would walk past my office every day. He was so sad. His head would be down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew he wanted to ask me to take care of his wife because remember, I'm on a journey. I'm journaling. I'm putting two and two together. I'm learning about discernment and how two people can who need each other can meet each other, right? I needed something and he needed something. And then the Lord put us together, right? And he would take her back and forth to the restroom and stuff like that. Um, but it took him a while. And I mean, he would pace back and forth. And so um, it was about three months once the contract was ending, he did ask me, he finally got the nerves to ask me to take care of his wife and I did. Right. Well, sounds like you were inspired. I mean, this whole thing is about inspiration. You know, yeah. About, and that's what I was looking for. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, even finding code, writing yep. code as a career and this opportunity. You go on a journey, you, you yeah. would see life is more than what you think it is. Yeah, that's awesome. OK, so now at some point you started Code with Sharon, your yeah. company. How did that come about? In fact, let's roll back for a moment. Um, how did you come up with the name Code with Sharon? I love the name. It's a very cool name. Well, I was trying to figure out that branding without even really knowing what Brandy was back in 2016 when I uh, incorporated uh, Code with Sharon. Mm. Um, the thing is, Code with Sharon, who do you code with? And I want people to say, I code with Sharon. I want it to be personal. I wanted people to feel like they're they're going through a journey with me as well, right? Um, and so that's how I came up with that. But how Code with Sharon got started was um, I when I got that job mm-hmm. and it was so much different than working. It wasn't like I was working a nine to five. It was, of course, my passion that I come to realize. I realized I was really good at it. Um, and then I wanted to share my skill sets with my community. Right. Growing up in Detroit. Um, and losing brothers and seeing my brother's friends, uh, unfortunately, be murdered um, or injured severely. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, I really liked, you know, we were into superheroes back mm-hmm. then, super friends and stuff. And I was like, I always wanted a superpower, right? Um, and I wish I can come into my community and do some super magic and just really just 
calm things down. And so coding is a superpower. And when I got that job, it is. You can write your own future with it. You can write whatever you can think up here. You can Mm -hmm. write it. Uh, But it takes it does take putting in some work. But when I get the job, I inter- uh, researched the owner of the company because in tech, they really want you to know about the company and what the company mission is and the culture and why you're here. I'm here to help you get to such and such place, right? That's the mission of the company. So when I researched the owner, he was British. He was, I think he was military um, in the British army. Um, he developed his own software. And I admired that. And in tech, it's not like I have a boss over me or an owner over me. Everybody's part of the team. So I can go into my, a lot of tech companies. I haven't worked at every single one of them, but it's this common thing where the the owner is the developer and he's you're all on a team together. So you feel like one big team, like a family and everybody's working to push this company forward. And so I said, I want to be like, you know, this person when I grow up, I want to develop um, software. I didn't know that that would happen. I just, you know, wanted that. Another inspired thought though, another inspired another inspired thought. thought. Yes. And so I said, okay, so I want to share this skill set with my community, right? And so I really didn't think people would really want I didn't know. So I set on another journey. And so I would call different schools to ask, could I volunteer? And one thing I learned about volunteering, people think you up to something. Mm. I found that weird. People thought I was on probation or why do you want to volunteer? But another thing I ran into was schools didn't know what coding was. They thought that I wanted to come in and teach students how to manipulate folders create folders and and and, and the, the operating system. That's not coding, right? And so I said, okay, here's a problem. I can see that these schools don't even know what coding is. But when I called suburban schools, they knew what it was. So that led me to the next thing. So I couldn't get a school to um, l- allow me to come in, which is a good reason, because good reason, because a lot of things are going on and you want to be careful uh, about who you let around students. But Lo and behold, I, I kind of forgot about it and said, you know, kind of forget it. And my son come home with a, a letter asking parents to share their skill sets with the wow. students. And I have <laughs> three go. boys and he's my youngest and I've never received a letter like that before. And I was like, OK, I get you. This is the way I'm supposed to go because I'm learning how to discern. And so I pitched my proposal to um, the school. And it, they were so excited, they turned it into an after-school coding and web design program, right? And as soon as they put out the sign-up list, the, it was a wait list. The kids came running. And they were like, how many students would you like? I, I'm not a teacher, so five, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you take 10? And can you take this? And, and it ended up to be 25. And I was like, that's enough, that's enough. And I remember when we started the first day, uh, I'm very tall. I'm six one, and um, I'm starting class, and and I'm taking attendance. And I turn around and I kind of bump into something, and I look down, and it's this kid, and he, but he's staring at the other kid's computer, but he's in awe. Mm. And I asked him, could I help him? And he was like, he wanted to sign up. And I said, you know, here's a um a form. Take it home to your mom, and if I do another session. Um, you be the first, you know, to join. And so he left out 
I go back to taking attendance and I turn around and bump into the kid again. Now, remember, I'm a tenacious person. So um, you, we recognize people like us. So I knew this kid wasn't going anywhere because if I wanted something, I wouldn't go anywhere. So I said, okay, take this to your mom, have her fill it out, take a seat and bring it back tomorrow. And he was one of my brightest students. And, and my son was in there. Of course, I wanted to teach my son. And it, it just took off. And the kids were so, they were bringing their friends and they're talking, this is my cousin. This is my sister. Can they sign up? It was really exciting. And I knew that I was on to something. Sounds like it. Well, and so with that, Code with Sharon was launched or? Was I knew, yeah. Better? I knew that I had something going. It took a minute. I, I kind of. I like to investigate. So I really wanted to see, um, I didn't want to be a nonprofit. And for a lot of reasons, nonprofit is nothing wrong with it. It's, it's just not me. I'm about ownership. I'm about, I want to own my company and with, with nonprofit, you you don't own it, right? Um, so I'm about creating legacy for my kids and stuff like that. That's the way I want to create it. And so, um, and so about two years later, that's when I officially, after volunteering in schools to see how much budgets the school had, who had the money, um, how to get contracts, which I didn't learn everything, but I started to build up a network. And so that's when I would say, okay, it's enough here, proof of concept. I'm about to turn this into a business. And so about 2016, well, March of 2016, that's when I officially incorporated Code with Sharon. Wow, that's wonderful. That's a great story as well. Congratulations Thank on you. that. So, um, so Code with Sharon has been launched. Uh, things are going well. Um, how were you affected by COVID-19 or were you affected oh, by yeah. COVID-19 in any way? Oh, yeah. We, um, so from there, working with Code with Sharon, um, that's when, um, before, really before Code with Sharon, I realized that the school's the STEM e-learning software platform that they were using, which is called SAS, these, these platform forms are um, short called SAS. So I knew that it wasn't teaching students how to code. What I realized is that it was teaching kids how to play online coding games. It was getting them excited, but it nothing. And but the the bad thing is they could have used this just to get them excited and moved them into actually what we call reading and writing code, not just dragging and dropping. You know things around, um, I, I, they were using this from elementary all the way up to high school. And look what I did in eight months. And, and these kids sitting there from elementary to high school, dragging and dropping, never learning how to write. You cannot get hired for dragging and dropping. I think everybody by now should know what dragging, when you drag an image over it and that's it. No, you need to learn how to write the code to move the image, right? Or to put the image on your website. I could not hire any. I became project manager in a year and a half. That's mm. how good I became. Okay. Um, I couldn't hire any of those kids. But I, and when I thought about how much these kids can learn in, in eight years or seven years compared to what I did in eight months, I was really, really highly, highly frustrated. And so I said, OK, I went back to my previous employers that thought I said, this is the software I'm supposed to create. And so I had to learn different coding skill sets, right? And so we were in automotive software. I needed to learn a new set of, of languages so I can do web design, right? So I can build this platform. So it, and I'm learning by myself. It's not a lot of Black coders in my communities that I can link up with and create a team. 
Um, normally, um, teams consist of what we call front end and back end. The front end designs what it looks like. The back end designs how it functions. Like if you submit a form, um, the front end designs the form so you can see it. The back end um, grabs your information, stores it in a database. I had to learn all, I had to be the whole team. I had to mm. learn. It took me about four years to build this software. Wow. Um, yeah, it took about three, four years. It was, and I'm talking, I was studying. Um, and so I ended up landing a contract with the Michigan Department of Economics and Labor. And they wanted to implement my software into, I think it was five school districts, four or five school districts, starting from Romulus to Wayne to Garden City and a couple more um, school districts. And so we were going to put a pilot program in each school and mm -hmm. in, in a district. And if that was successful, then we would scale up into other schools in that district and then scale out into other districts. So we're talking a possible million dollar and up contract mm -hmm. from where I started. This was awesome. Um, signed a contract in um, early March and a week later, school shut down. Contract, oh. psh, mm. contract gone. But I'm, I'm a true entrepreneur. <laughs> entrepreneur so yes that hurt but as an entrepreneur you like let's 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 get back up and let's get back out here and so um pivoted to um you know just going straight to the public to parents who were um uh, wanted their kids you know not to stop playing video games but not spend so much time on video games right and and to do give them another option learn how you know, these things are made, learn, you know, learn about the websites that they go on and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that was tough because that was a different market and you need a, a, a huge marketing budget, which we didn't have. And so, yeah, we, we have been really having some difficulties, but we have been, you know, just chugging along. And as an entrepreneur, you just keep going. Yeah. Okay. So you said something, you know, of course, all of this is important, but it seemed as if, Code with Sharon was really beginning to take off. Yeah. And then you said the schools shut down, but they yep. shut down due to COVID-19. Yep. So you could have said, oh, man, and packed up and yeah. forget about it all. Yeah. But you said you pivoted. Yeah, now, we pivoted. I would, like to, I would like to hear about that pivot. Well, Detroit has, and I'm sure any city has wonderful organizations, and I, I took part of in many of as many of those as I could, from Prosperous Detroit to Build Institute. Um, I started to enter for grants because they really showed up and showed out for uh, Black women-owned businesses, and I won grants, but also I won mentors. So David Metzler is the one of the judges on Elevator Pitch. It's a TV show that comes on. Uh, I won him as my mentor. Um, I auditioned for Shark Tank. I made it to level two. I never made it on the show because I didn't have the revenue. Okay. If I would have got that contract, that it was the goal was to get that contract, apply for Shark Tank. And I know people say, yeah, Shark Tank, whatever. But still, you still want to show. I'm not for sure if I wanted a deal, but what I wanted proof of concept, all that is it, it, it shows more value to your company. If these sure. people want your company, you know, it just shows more value. Right. right. And so, so I that's exposure as well. Right. Great and exposure. exposure. Right. And so I've done two minute drill, uh, which is another pitch show with David Metzler. 
um, but always not having that revenue always, you know, get me, but people are very interested in cold with Sharon. So now that I know I have proof of concept, I've, I have located my target market. Mm -hmm. uh, parents are starting to come in. Um, the goal is to, you know, of course, increase my revenue, bring in more um, team members. We, we did hire some interns over the summer. Um, and just continue to grow with code sharing. Okay. So primarily you want to attract, you want to teach students how to write code, young people? Yes. Like, well, you we want to work with adult, adults? Yeah. So we want to, we're looking at moving back into a space and, and doing it in person because it's difficult um, with virtual learning because a lot of students with this um, digital, you know, gap, don't have a strong enough Wi-Fi. And so we, we have some difficulties with that. Um, and so we really need to, you know, scale and, and hopefully bring in more people. So we're really looking at going back to in-person um, and, you know, staying within the COVID regulations and things like that and see what that looks like for code share. But we have people who contact us from all over the United States um, just saying, they'll call me just to say thank you for what I'm doing and introducing their kids to code. Uh, I have uh, a gentleman who called me from the West Indies that wanted me to tutor his daughter. Uh, we have local Detroit celebrities that I tutor um, private. Um, and so Coalition has a lot of potential. We, you know, we, as a black owned business, uh, especially being a female, when you get investment and when you're in software, you really need, a, you know, you need that investment. You need that, those dollars so you can really scale your business. But uh, black owned women only get out of a hundred percent, 99% of investment goes to white males. Okay. Um, one, just like 0.5% goes to black females, black owned um, female businesses. And so it's really been a struggle, but we do have organizations like um, Count Me and Revival who has um, given me a grant visa. Um, and those grants really help us to, you know, keep afloat. Sure. But yeah, so we, it's, it's just been fun. I love what I do. It's a passion. I, I We have hit our five-year um, mark. And so normally it takes about five years, but I see an opportunity and that's something I'm going after right now. And I believe this will put us back on track to that million dollar and up opportunity. That's great. So now what you said, going back uh, on site uh, is what you want, yeah. what you want to do. Now, will will virtual opportunities go away or will there be a place for virtual opportunity in Code with Sharon? It will be a place, but we're looking at, and it's not written in stone, but what we're looking at is offering some online classes. So people who cannot get to us, um, these will be self-learning. Mm -hmm. um, but what I have been doing over the years is really focusing on what I call myself is I am a STEM educator, but okay. what I do is I teach like a second grade teacher teaches basic math. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I really struggled um, learning. I believe that I had ADD, not HD, but ADD. But back when I was younger, they wasn't, you know, diagnosing that. I, I, I had to find creative ways to learn and I would make it fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I can get people. I remember one guy seeing one of my TikTok videos. It was three minutes. Minutes. I said, can I teach um, what I was teaching them and showing people a young man on TikTok um, had realized that every time he typed in the word black, like he didn't realize the word was black, but he thought it was like black empowerment, uh, black lives matter, that they would not allow him to post that. 
And so I did a three minute video talking about the algorithm. So I developed an, an algorithm to show people how they can target that one word. I said, they're looking for the word black. And when they see that one word, that's how they could block you. And so, and one guy said, I did a, I think he said a 12 week JavaScript course. And I learned more from your three minute video than mm. I did in the whole 12 minutes. And so that's why I believe doing this online as well that I can pull it off and still people can walk away with a lot of education. And it, they won't be three minute videos, but I know that I can teach well. And that's something I really, really been practicing on. That's fantastic. And I mean, clearly you have some depth around this. I mean, mm -hmm. all of the important JavaScripts and algorithms and all of that stuff. Yeah. So you've been well educated, you've educated yourself well. Yeah. So let, let me roll back for just for a moment. How has learning to write code changed you? That is, I, I'm only guessing now that the person who started out in this industry is not the person you are now. No. So how has it changed you? I was a person who didn't have opportunities. Mm -hmm. I didn't graduate from high school, not because I didn't want to. It was just things were so tough. Mm -hmm. um, my mother um, had us at 42. Um, she was born in Mississippi, and unfortunately, she wasn't allowed to go to school. My mother can count money now, but she I used to, you know, come home and sit with her and do my best to teach her to read. Uh, I knew education was always important to her. I knew my driving force was to um, honor my mother for all her sacrifices, right? I've seen mothers with much more do much less. And my mother had so much less and she raised 10 kids and she did it, you know, with honor. And so um, I didn't have opportunities. I had to take what I can get my hands on and I wanted opportunity. And I knew that I had to, after watching, like, uh, I started to listen to motivational videos on YouTube, like um, T.D. Jakes and Les Brown and all these wonderful people. And the things that I learned was if you create value and value means something that very little people know how to do, something that people will seek you out for, will find you for that skill set. And if you just do that and provide service, right, not out to just make money or out to make money, but out to serve people, the money will follow. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, you know, I base my principles on but also finding something that I'm passionate about, but gives me a wealth of opportunity. I can do anything with coding. Oh, I'm not, nice. when I had got that job and I really started to learn more about coding, I, I said, I, I could never be out of a job. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so, um, so in working with young people, how, what have you seen about them learning to do something that they knew absolutely nothing about and then learning to do it, how were they from, if you follow me from A to let's say, let's say Z, from where they started, from where they ended up? Have, what have you seen? Well, I've seen kids that, um, one thing I've saw volunteering, I wanted to see how kids learn so mm -hmm. that I can start to tailor and develop my teaching style. So I would go district to district. And I did notice one district kids would be well advanced and another district maybe not so advanced. Uh, but what I learned is our kids are very, very um, savvy when it comes to technology. And I think we all know that, but they are also savvy when it comes to picking up the skill set. Um, our kids, uh, it, it's really, to me, tragic 
um, that they're not exposed to, you know, pro computer programming or coding like I would like and, and how we are working to get there, right? To just blanket um, the communities with um, this opportunity. Um, and that's something we're still working on how we will do that. But um, kids see opportunity. Kids see that um, I have a one young lady that I'm tutoring named Ava, and um, she came back to me. Her mother would, you know, email me. Ava really wants to take another course. She really wants to work with you. And so I have parents that come back for another session. So they're a repeat customer, right? Um, the kids really, really. Um, are taking well to it. They're seeing that there's a future. And, and Cole was sharing, one thing I'm struggling with is I don't want to be a, a coding boot camp, right? A, a, a school, um, because there's so many kids out there that I only can teach that way. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is introduce students to coding, right? And give them something that they can go home and work on every day because it does take, you know, working on this and having fun and using it as a, as a puzzle and problem solving and building activity so that they can start to seek out more education, right? Instead of gaming, you know, all, every day and all day, mm -hmm. be working on this, figuring right. this out, building websites. And so some of the things I do with my students is we build, rebuild, not the entire website, but we'll take a portion of like a, a Disney plus stuff that they watch Disney plus, And can we recreate part of that website? So now when that student is at home and they want to go to Disney plus, they will remember each time they see it, I can do this. Mm -hmm. We have another um, lesson that we do where it's like, it's, it's we're creating a game, but the, it's the traffic light. So we're controlling the traffic light with, with JavaScript. So every time they pull up to a traffic light because you want to have re, you want to reiterate i can do that right. i know how to do that you know not the all the ins and out but they got the functionality of how somebody could program a traffic light to do whatever they want it to do and so those are the things i'm trying to connect them to their real world so they know when they're walking around opportunity i can do that and so that's what we're trying working on doing that's that's great, Sharon. Uh, and I can imagine that this would boost the kids' confidence. Oh yeah, to know that yeah, I can do that. You know. Yeah, you um, should see when they put their first picture up there. They they yeah. go bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to just ask you a couple of: um, Have you thought about questions, or if you're doing it, just say yes. Just one or two of them. Is that okay with you? Yeah. So um, have you thought about um, a summer camp? for children, you know, pick a city, Detroit or wherever, whereby kids from wherever in the country could come to your camp to learn, to be introduced to Code with Sharon. Yes, and I, and I know being in my community, I'm gonna say yes, but really quick, that's something I thought about. Actually doing a tour too, because, you know, in our, our community, I have to be real, we can afford to fly. So pick a, 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 a event space and, you know, build a program that kids can come and, and work on and, and we can walk around and just make sure and help them as they need help and introducing people to code. And that's something I really would like to do. My goal that's, is just to spread this knowledge. Uh, that's fantastic. And that connects me to my second, have you thought of, and apparently in a way you have, um, having, the way I conceived it, is having maybe a team member, I'm in South Carolina near Charlotte, this is the largest city, having a team member in Charlotte 
and have a code with Sharon, you know, classes in Charlotte, even though your company is based in, in Detroit, so that people, more people would be exposed to this opportunity. Have you thought about something like that? Or are you doing something like that? Yes. And actually somebody reached out to me and we were working on that. He would be an affiliate and he would be over that district so that how could we scale code with Sharon to reach more people? Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't work out, but it's still something that I'm interested in. Yeah. And and see, this is the thing is not a lot of female um, black developers. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the value. But how do I share my skill set with as many people as possible. And so that's why I, I don't want to be considered a coding boot camp. And I know I've been pushed in that direction. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that direction myself, but that only allows me to help so many people, right? And and we just got to get people, um, these. we have to get kids like doing this instead of like spending all their time on gaming. And that's where I want to focus at come get get a hold to a student, introduce them to code, teach them how to use the platform. So when they're home and they're bored, they can continue working on their project and making it better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have any of your kids uh, created websites after learning how to code from you? Yes, Jackson, when I started that after school program, it was in Jackson's class at school. Um, and so, yeah, he was really excited about it. He was learning, but he got more into sports. But my goal is I planted a seed and hopefully he comes back to it. Um, and, and then that would be absolutely awesome. That's fantastic. Well, Sharon, we are getting ready to close down, but is there anything else that you want to share with uh, our audience about Code with Sharon that we haven't covered already? I just want to say we, uh, we are in the midst of, we just went viral. And so I have an email full of anxious parents and excited kids uh, who are looking to book sessions. And I just want everybody to know we're still here. Uh, We are a small staff and we're working to grow and to get to everybody. We are working on upgrading our website um, and then just, you know, figuring out what's the next step for Code with Sharon. We're still here. Um, just shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you're looking for um, sessions, and then we'll keep you updated, um, put you in our mailing list, and then we'll keep you updated to what's going on. Fantastic. Well, we'll put your contact information at various places in social media so people can contact you uh, okay. about, about working with you. Now, I know uh, my audience will want to know, you mentioned your son being ill some years back. Um, mm-hmm. How is he doing today? Jackson is very well. He hasn't had an, um, he hasn't been in ICU in about five years. That's when I really knew it's time for Code with Sharon to go. Um, So he's been doing very well. His um, doctor actually wanted him to either play sports or be, you know, play some type of flute instrument to strengthen up his lungs. But Jackson is playing basketball. He has played football and he is playing a clarinet. So Jackson is doing well. He's That's really fantastic. Well. That's wonderful yeah. to know. Well, Sharon, it was certainly a pleasure uh, being with you today and learning more about Code with Sharon. In fact, I would love to take one of your classes or okay, at least cool. hire one of your students to create a website for me or something like that. So okay. this, is, this is so wonderful. And hopefully we can talk again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks again, Sharon. Um, Thank you. You've been listening to The Possibility Action Network podcast with your host, Stephen Middleton, 
Our guest today was Sharon Eddings, that's perfect Sharon. Uh, we'll be talking with you more about what Sharon is up to. Sharon, once again, thank you for being on the show. You Have a good day. You too.